moving your career further faster. That's the mission behind Cascading Leadership. Each week, we're bringing you stories of women, immigrants, members of the global majority who have risen to the ranks of senior leadership in the world of business. Get ready to gather the insights of some of the world's best business leaders and apply those to your career. If you're interested in sales and marketing effectiveness, organizational effectiveness, talent strategy, DEI, or HR tech, tune in. We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Welcome to today's episode of Cascading Leadership. I am your friendly neighborhood talent strategy nerd, Dr. Jim. And as per usual, we have an action-packed episode today on the topic of building your personal brand. So in this episode, we are going to talk through how you build an effective community, how you build authentic relationships, and how you can execute a level of consistency, which all leads to helping you establish a more cohesive personal professional brand. And with us to take us through that journey and discussion is TikTok famous Nick Bennett being brand consistent with his backwards hat. So Nick, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a phenomenal conversation. And you and I go back and forth on LinkedIn a lot, a lot of times. And I'm disappointed that you're not doing this from your riding lawnmower. That's a bummer. But hey, you're here and we're going to talk about some interesting things. So thanks. Thanks for hopping on. I think to kick off the conversation, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about your story and how you became to be one of the foremost voices in terms of community building and brand building out in the world of work. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting. I was always one of those people on LinkedIn that whenever my company shared a post, I would literally hit share and write nothing else with it. And I would say 95% of what I would post as a field marketer, which is what my background is for the last 10 years with tech companies, like I would share these posts with no real insights, no CTAs. I was basically just another person that was trying to amplify a brand page that was probably getting no traction anyways. And when the pandemic happened, I remember I was working for a company called Clary at the time, and we were actually in Laguna Beach and we were at our revenue kickoff. And my boss at the time, Kyle Coleman, who's very well known on LinkedIn from the sales and SDR space, he was like, hey, why don't you talk about field marketing? Like that's your background. No one talks about it on LinkedIn. And he actually put out a contest to his team. There was a few of his direct reports that were like, hey, why don't you start posting on LinkedIn, see what happens for the next 90 days. And so I love contests. I'm a very competitive person. I was like, I'm all in on this. And honestly, it was, it was March of 2020. And I just started posting about field marketing, just started talking about my experiences and things like that. And it's just kicked off from there. I never knew the journey would take me to where it has today. But if it wasn't for Kyle and me being a competitive person, I probably would never have began on that journey in the first place. And I'd still be that person that's sharing a work post with no other context around it. It's interesting that you mentioned that even back then, you were at least sharing company content. I know so many people that are just basically like landing pages with nothing going on. And I think that misses a pretty big opportunity in terms of the value of LinkedIn. So I guess before we get into the brand building component of the conversation, tell me a little bit about how you see the value of LinkedIn and how it can be leveraged 
in any number of ways that's being missed out in the world of work? I think there's a few different pieces of it. And I think it depends on the industry and ICP that you're selling to or marketing to. But it's for me, we're a MarTech company and we sell and market to other marketers. So I'm just creating content to people that I know their pain points because I've been looking to solve those pain points for the last 10 years. And so creating content around field marketing. And actually today, I just put one out about my thoughts of the Forrester conference where I was at for the last couple of days and how people are somewhat awkward in, in real life when they haven't done it for the last two plus years. And I, it was very interesting to interact with people again. And you could tell who has been interacting and who hasn't been interacting. And I think LinkedIn has helped me come out of my shell a little bit. You wouldn't believe this, but I'm actually an introvert. I am very shy when I meet new people and I'm a lot better with text words than I am with video or anything to do. That's why like TikTok is so weird for me because I hate videos of myself, but I've been trying to put myself out there more. And I think when, especially on LinkedIn, when you can get people to understand who you are as an actual person versus me just being another marketer. I think that's when you start to connect to people on a deeper level. Man, you just hit on something that that really caught my interest. I would have never guessed that one, you were an introvert, but I'm getting less and less surprised by that because there's so many people that are vocal with a point of view and are advancing, not necessarily the thought leadership, but subject matter expertise in the areas that they feel strongly in that happen to be introverts. Like I think Mason Cosby is one. There's several others in the communities that we we run in who are introverts. So with that being said, I want to link this back to a couple of things that you just mentioned. One was, hey, LinkedIn, your ability to leverage it is going to depend on your ICP and specifically how you leverage your pain points and then the value of LinkedIn as a relationship building component. And I don't want to let that go because if you have a clear handle on the problems that you solve for your customers, or more importantly, the pain that your customers are going through, that gives you any number of ways to go out in the world and say, hey, here's something that we encountered. Here's how we're overcoming it through some of the relationships that we have. And that automatically starts the process of building credibility for you as a person and as a professional. I don't want people to walk away with from the conversation thinking that this is only something that MarTech people can do with other MarTech people. Anybody can do this. If you're in a client-facing role, you should have a fair understanding of what pain your customers are dealing with. And that gives you a platform to speak from it. But the other thing that you mentioned that really was interesting to me is how this allows you to build relationships in an authentic way. And you specifically mentioned it gave people a sense of who I am as a person. So when you're looking at doing what you do on LinkedIn and you don't know who's listening out there, what are the key things that you're trying to solve? You're obviously trying to give people an idea of who you are, but what else are you trying to put out in the world so people understand you at a personal level? I'm trying to get people to ha- see how I think as a marketer. Like I think a lot of people use LinkedIn in a way to scroll and consume, but they're not using LinkedIn in a way to never have to apply to a job again. But if you think about it, you're building in public. Like you see all these companies that, you know, CEOs and founders, they're building in public. And so getting content on LinkedIn of how you think as a marketer, how you approach different projects, things like that, 
is really just you building your brand in public so that your future employer for whoever that may be knows, hey, I don't even need to interview Nick. I know exactly what he cares about, what he's passionate about, his strengths, his weaknesses. I know where he can add value to this team. I'm going to go try to get Nick to work on my team. And I think I'm at a point where I'm fortunate enough where if I was to get laid off today and post something on LinkedIn saying, hey, I'm on the market. I've built this up over the last two plus years. I'm hopeful now that karma is going to come back around and provide me with another opportunity. Hopefully enough people would DM me that I could basically be selective of who, where I want to go next, not just say, I need to take this next job because I need to put food on the table. That is a phenomenal observation. And it ties right into one of the things that, that I consistently talk about with my teams. And I speak about it in a specific way. I'm in a leadership position, so it's strange when I say it, but I firmly believe that you are the CEO of your own desk. And that me- that doesn't mean, I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you're working like a crazy person to serve my interests. My expectation is that you are a CEO of your own desk in a mutual interest. Number one is serving your own career goals and career objectives with the understanding that you might not be in this seat forever. So my responsibility as a leader is to help you grow as much as you can in pursuit of the vision that's most important to you. And by doing that, you're going to help me pursue the vision of the organization or, or whatever I'm trying to do. So that that whole building a personal brand in pursuit of your own vision for yourself, that's a critical point that I think a lot of people aren't tying together because you you have to take agency in your career and brand building is a way to do it. I was just going to add one thing to that really quickly. I think that you nailed it. I don't think people... I don't want to say they don't take it serious enough, but like there's so much opportunity, whether you're going to go work for someone else, whether you're just starting out in your career, like the, you have to, I don't like to say this, but like, you're never going to work for the company that you work for unless you own it, which you may still not even work for them forever. But like, you're never going to work for that company forever. Like my mom, she's worked for Raytheon for like 43 or 44 years now. It's like been her only job ever. And she's just like, I don't understand how you've had like seven or eight jobs and you're 35. And I was just like, mom, like times have changed. Like I don't stay at jobs for years, like a couple of years, but like, then it's at a point where, you know, maybe you're, you've grown out of the role or there's just, there's a million other reasons why you could change, but it's just not the same mentality that it used to be. And so you have to look out for yourself at the end of the day, because no one else will. I'm resisting the urge to soapbox, which I'm guilty of doing on like at least one episode every single time. One of the things that I really appreciate about millennials and Generation Z, and I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm from a completely different generation. One of the things that I appreciate is how they've shown the rest of the world that you have to take agency for your career. Because that old social contract, and this is a generational difference, where the expectation was you join a company, you get a paycheck, it's consistent, and you work there until you retire, and at some point after retirement, you die. And that's the mentality that exists, and actually Gen Xers are victim to that to a certain degree because we've had that mentality, which hasn't served us well. Because the reality of it is, and this is something that a lot of the younger generations offer, often point out, If you drop dead in your job tomorrow, they'll have you replaced in two weeks. What sense does it make to have like an exceedingly high level of loyalty 
to an organization. And I'm not saying be a complete like mercenary, but you're exactly right. You have to take your career seriously and drive your own mission because nobody else is going to do it for you. So if you're not doing it for yourself, you're going to get left behind. And I'm very passionate about communicating that because I feel like sometimes people get stuck in roles longer than they need to be in there. So that's a fantastic call out on your point. I want to shift gears a little bit and focus the conversation around early career folks and why and how they can build their brands. So let's talk about some of the basic things that you need to do on whatever platform you choose to do it on. What's fundamental to starting the process of building your brand? Tune in next time to Cascading Leadership for more of this conversation with Nick Bennett. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to me at jim at cascadingleadership.com. Tune in next time for another great episode that will help you move your career further faster.